Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Man's Voice, coming to you live from Hollywood, California, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, we're very excited to have um, a very established and distinguished gentleman on my panel today. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. So first, I'm going to start by letting my panel introduce themselves. I'm going to start with my brother from another mother. He flew in from Atlanta, Georgia, to be with us today. So give a warm welcome to Mr. Darius Glasgow. Darius, how you doing? Introduce hey. yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Brother Michael. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me out. My name is Darius Glasgow, live in Atlanta, Georgia, but um, originally from South Carolina. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a uh, Christian conservative, and I'm just happy to be here, man. We're very happy to have you. Thank you for coming, my friend. And also we have um, a local right here from Pasadena, California, a good friend of mine, a political kingmaker here in California, Mr. Todd Short. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. And thank you for allowing me to crown all these people as a kingmaker. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not a Christian conservative, I don't know what to be. So. <laughs> well, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, right. man. So guys, let's dive right into it, man. Um, recently in the news, it was another shooting of an unarmed black teenager and a young unarmed black male, young black boy. He was a 21 year old by the name of Amir Locker in Minnesota. He was shot and killed. The police had a, was called a no knock warrant where the police just entered his apartment while he was asleep and they shot and killed him. Now, granted, he was holding a gun, but he was licensed to carry that gun. So it wasn't illegal. And it comes to find out he wasn't even the person named on a warrant. So once again, an innocent young black man's life is lost at the life is lost at the hands of the police here in America. And that's a big, big topic ever since George Floyd. And coincidentally, this incident happened in the same city where George Floyd was killed. So we got Breonna Taylor was murdered by the police with no knock warrants. I mean, the list goes on and on. So right now, I want to throw this to the panel and hear what you guys have to say. I, me personally, I don't want to make it political, but I think it's the Republican Party in America who don't want to do anything in police reform. They're actually holding up a bill right now in Congress called the George Floyd, George Floyd Policing Act. It's stalled in Congress because the Republicans don't want to see it pass. Guys, something needs to be done about all these innocent, unarmed black people who are being murdered by police. So I'm going to throw it to you guys and hear your thoughts on that. Darius, I'm going to start with you. What's going on with that and how can we fix it? Um, it's a terrible, and I'm, I apologize for even smiling at it because it's an awful tragedy to have something like that happen. I think we need to do away with no-knock warrants anyway altogether. From what I, I mean, you, you surround a, a house or an apartment, cops in the front, cops on the back, mm -hmm. you know, and you, there's no way that the person can escape. So I don't even understand the, the point of it of the no-knock warrant. Um, so we definitely need to get rid of that, I think, altogether. Now, in terms of the George Floyd bill being held up, I think uh, the reason it's being held up is the accountability standards um, for the police officers are, um, and I don't know all the specifics, but they say that they are unreasonable. And what it does is it put it puts the police officers at a disadvantage when they're trying to track down a criminal or a suspect because uh, in that bill it says that they can be sued um, for uh, uh, certain violations and what the, am not the amnesty, the what's the bill that protects them? Sovereign, 
Immunity? Oh, immunity. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, immunity. So what sovereign immunity does, it just protects the police officer because when you tell a police officer this is a suspect, their job is to take that suspect down, period, by any means, right? To protect their safety and the public safety. So if you take that protection away from them, now they're going to be hesitant um, to go ahead and take these criminals off of the streets. But I definitely think we should do away with the no-knock warrant. And I want to go back to Michael, man. I know you don't like hearing me say this. Um, you know, we take incidences like this and we blow them up, which it should be blown up. Okay, it's a big deal. But we don't put we don't do the same thing when there is a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old boy that gets killed or a nine-year-old girl that gets killed sleeping in her bed by another black person. We don't look at those cases and those cases aren't televised nationwide or talked about as much. And I think those are far more frequent than what happened with this no knock warrant with these people. Seventy mm percent -hmm. plus of the homicides, again, I'll say, are done by black people against other black people, not by police officers. And I just wish we would give that the same attention as we give to these um, um, cases like what just happened here right i think the the problem with that is and i do agree with you we should give attention to anybody who loses their life senselessly senselessly we should give that attention to i think the difference is that when um in the in the black neighborhood if a young black man kills another young black man and he gets caught by mm -hmm. the cops he'll right. be held accountable for that he's going to go to prison he's going to go to trial blah 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 Normally, police officers are never held accountable when they kill unarmed black people. And that's the problem. And that's the outrage in the black community is that we feel like the police are just killing us and they're never held accountable. There's no justice ever served in that regard. Derek Chauvin is in jail. Derek Chauvin is one he'll of never, many. He'll never get out. Derek Chauvin the, is one of many. The and people look, who got Brianna, right? They they're went, not in jail. They're I'm not no, in jail. But they went through the process. They were arrested. They had a trial of their jury of their peers. All the evidence was presented. It was heard. Okay, let me push and the back jury on decided that they did not commit a crime. Right. Let me so it wasn't like it just was ignored when, when that happened is what I'm saying to in, you. In regards to Beyonce, I just want to push back a little bit. They were never arrested for that. Um, the attorney general didn't bring them up on charges. There okay. were never any charges brought in the Breonna Taylor case at all. So no, not there. So how not. was there a trial if there weren't any? There trials? was never a trial in the Breonna Taylor case. There was never an arrest, accountability. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. There was a review. There was a review. Yeah. You're right. You're review. right. Yeah. And the I Attorney apologize. General. Um, he's, I think his last name is Cameron. He's a black guy, by the way. Right. Republican he is black, black guy. He refused yep. to bring him up on he charge. He did. He did. Todd, go ahead. Get so in on this. What was I considered a mistake? I'm sorry. Breonna Taylor was a mistake. They followed the procedure according to the Attorney General. Yes. And actually, the crazy part in regards to the Breonna Taylor case. They charged the officer who shot the wall. The, the bullet, he fired a bullet and mm -hmm. went into the wall. They just reprimanded that guy. They because didn't reprimand negligent. the guy who put the bullets in Breonna Taylor. Right. So, right. Todd, go ahead. So, the guy that shot in the wall because he shot first and then everybody thought there was... The police officer who shot in the wall, they reprimanded him for recklessly reckless, reckless shooting or something like that. Reckless yeah, right. shooting, yeah. yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you... Well, you keep saying he was unarmed. He did have a weapon, but he's an American citizen and he, he had a permit. Procedure. He had a permit. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand how they knew that address to go into that house. What are what I don't understand all the dynamics that went around it. Because I don't think the police again, black lives matter. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, you didn't knock, you didn't say, Hey, come out. 
I don't understand why they decided, like, had he killed more than one person? No, it was one. It was one murder. And the guy they were looking for had committed a murder. And they went to that apartment looking for him. He wasn't there. It was another young man in there, and they killed the other young man that was in there. Okay, was he a resident in, in that place? I mean, what was the rationale for them to, to shoot him? Um, because when they walked in, he was asleep. He for his gun. Yeah, he had a blanket. He was sleeping in a blanket, and he had his gun nearby him. Okay. So he just was startled. He woke up and saw cops with guns, and he just automatically grabbed for reached for his gun, and they just opened fire on him. Wow. But it's a, it's bigger than just that one case. My question is, how do we stop this from happening? If it's not Tamir Rice, it's Philando Castillo, it's Sandra Bland, it's Mike Brown. Like we can go on and on and on and on here. Like how can we fix this problem or in my opinion the republicans don't want to fix the problem because they don't see a problem so i want to hear your thoughts on that like if you were the president of the united states if you were joe biden what would you do to stop this the carnage in the black community have black folks stop killing each other mm. that would be thank you todd the first thing because that's where the carnage is right well wait a minute let me answer this <laughs> I'm question just saying, that's but, where the but, but i think is. the other thing is the approach is always uh i shoot first ask questions later mm -hmm. there should be more training because apparently this this type of training is not going through and a lot of times is i don't know if you want to call it racism but it has to be racism because i think most police officers are fearful of black folks mm -hmm. i agree i, 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 I just agree. think there's a, a fear factor mm -hmm. just in general so why not come in blazing and that just takes everything away and then we'll just go through the court procedure and it has to be that way because the police officers continuously do this yes this this opening the door and then going to shoot somebody as opposed to hey you need to come outside mm -hmm. I, I don't understand why they did that i mean we could go back to uh um not geronimo pratt i forgot the gentleman's name with the black panthers they went in and shot him a hundred times uh, not Huey Newton. I know exactly. But, but about. Point, Chicago, the guy cleavage, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Cle cle not cleavage. I, I forgot. But my point is, a hundred times. Bunchy Carter. Bunchy yeah. Carter. No, okay. For, mm -hmm. no, I'm sorry, Fred Hampton. Fred, Fred Hampton. Hampton. Okay. Fred Hampton. Yes, yes. So yes. they knew he had weapons, mm -hmm. but why would you not call him to come out? Because mm -hmm. this is on another level. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody says, "Oh, there's bad cops everywhere." Mm -hmm. But I don't understand why you're gonna open somebody's door and then shoot them. Now. Yes, the cop was scared that the guy was going to grab a gun and shoot him, but you could have called that person to come out. I don't know if there was an imminent threat. Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, throw this on you, Darius, do you think that there's systemic racism in the police and police forces across America? It's only systemic racism if, if we ignore the statistics. The FBI statistics are online for anybody to look at. The Washington Post just did a study, um, and it showed that uh, you are more likely to be killed. Black A black man is more likely to be killed by a black cop than a white cop. Yeah, but, it's but the also, thing is, though, it's, we, we keep saying that. We I'm keep just, bringing that okay, up. Okay, let me make a statement. Yeah, let, let me finish the statement. I, I see what you're saying, but, I mean, if, if we're going to, and I'm not saying any of this stuff is justified. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. And this should, like I said, we should get rid of no-knock warrants altogether. Mm -hmm. But if we want to be honest and not politically correct, and not look for, um, not look to be victimized or be victims. The statistics show that more white people die by the hands of police officers unarmed. And I'm not just talking about um, 
because of the population thing. We because uh, I know you guys are gonna say, well, it's more yeah, white disproportionately, people. Yeah, yeah, disproportionately. Yeah, disproportionately. But if you look at yeah, um, because black people have more encounters with police officers disproportionately than white people. Mm -hmm. So more white people die at the hand, more unarmed white people die at the hands of police officers than blacks. Also, a black person is more likely to shoot a police officer in in a struggle than a police officer is likely to shoot a, a black guy. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised to hear this. And if you want to research it, you can look at the Washington Post um, um, article about it. But you can also look up the FBI statistics. So while we we want to bring attention to this and we want to stand for social justice and what happens to black people, we have to be honest also. Well, and honestly, if you're honest, I've never if heard you, of a story of a no yeah. knock where you go in and shoot a white man. Well, that's what I said. I'm yeah, against a no knock. I've never heard I've never heard I'm against a no knock. That's not my point. My point is statistically, white people are more likely to be killed unarmed white people by a police officer than black people. Can you give me an example black of a time people, a white guy was killed by a black guy? I can't. Cop. You know why? Because it's not televised. They don't care. If a white per, a cop shoots a white police officer, they don't care. If a black police officer shoots a black kid um, uh, in Chicago, it's not reported, really. Now, if, if, a, if a white cop shoots a black kid, especially if he's unarmed, mm -hmm. doesn't matter if he tried to fight the police officer, doesn't matter if he tried to take his gun, that's going to be the headline of every news outlet in America, and it's going to be on a cycle. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So therefore, because it's perpetuated, um, it, it makes it seem as if this is a common occurrence, and it's not. It's not. And what that does is demonize the police officer, and it puts us as black people at a disadvantage because now police officers are afraid to police our communities and who's getting shot and killed black people who are getting victimized black people we're getting robbed we're getting shot we're getting uh drugs sold in our communities and our neighborhoods because as soon as the the white cops or the cops rush in we cry racism we cry oh they're coming down on us because this is a black neighborhood because they're black people no, we're coming down on you because you got a 70% homicide rate. We're coming down on you because all the drugs are being sold in your community. That's why we're coming down on you. But it's, it's, it's by design, though. Everything you just said is true, but it's by design. Go ahead, Todd. What do you want to all say the that? drugs are sold in our community? I didn't say all. I'm sorry. I, uh, if I said all, I didn't mean it. I meant the majority. The majority, the majority of yeah. drugs are sold in black communities? Yeah. Yeah, in urban environments. It's not in no you don't wow. go to Beverly yeah, Hills. Yeah, I'm gonna push to back on drugs. that because I, if you want to go buy drugs, you don't go to Beverly Hills. Hear me out on this one. I'm gonna push back on you on that one, Darius. Um Yeah, more black people are more people in our community are arrested for drugs, but trust and believe there's far more cocaine on Wall Street than in any ghetto in America. I live in let's Atlanta. Be clear on that. I live in Atlanta. I don't go if if, if people want to buy drugs, I don't hear people say, Let's go to Buckhead and get some drugs. But you do agree there's a lot of drugs on Wall Street. Do you yeah, not absolutely. agree with that? With rich absolutely. white boys who are up there smoking drugs, smoking yeah. cocaine, yeah. snorting coke and never get in trouble for it. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. No, I I, I, it, I went to school with a whole bunch of white boys and all of them did alcohol and drugs. So Did they ever go to jail for it? Not that, I, not that I'm aware not, of. Yeah. Not that I'm aware so of. So the, the criminal justice system is full of black and brown men for narcotics Correct. because they're over-policed in their community. Do you agree with that? I, I agree that they're over police. Well, I won't no, say over police. I, see, I don't. I'm agree gonna say with this over police. I'm gonna say this: mm -hmm. if they not, if they're not selling drugs, would they be incarcerated? I mean, is it a fact that they're actually selling the drugs? 
Yeah, that's, okay. that's definitely So if you're fact. selling the drugs, then you should be in jail. Okay, but can we look I at the I can't root? say, oh, you arrested more black people and white people. The point is, if you sold drugs, you go to jail. They arrested you. But period. isn't that a, um, a catch-22? Isn't that a, a, a not fair system? Let's just call it that for lack of a better word. Meaning, yeah, those black kids in the community. I mean, I'm an elder man now, but when I was in my teens, I sold drugs. I was a, I sold crack when I was I wouldn't call you an elder, Mike. Well, I'm in, my, I'm, in my, I'm in my prime. Let's just say that. I'm in my prime. But Late when I was 40s. a teenager, <laughs> unfortunately, and it's not something I'm proud of. I'm not saying, sitting here saying it to brag or anything mm -hmm. like that, but... In my neighborhood, when I was a teenager, everybody sold crack cocaine because that was our only option. No one would hire us. We couldn't go get a job. We needed school clothes. We needed food. We needed school supplies. And we had no other option. Okay. So our only option was for us to sell Not drugs. your only option. Though. That was, trust that wasn't me, when I say only. the only option, to a lot of young black men in urban communities, that's the only option because you take an 18-year-old black guy, probably grew up without a father in the home. He's kind of reckless. He's not educated. Who's going to hire him? And the person who's going to hire him is going to hire him to do a job that he can't survive on. So he has to sell drugs. So I don't agree with it and I don't condone nor do I support selling drugs. Mm -hmm. But I clearly understand why they're selling drugs in the community. Go ahead, Todd. You want to weigh on that? Yeah. You say you disagree my, with that. What did you disagree with? I, the thing I disagree with is everybody keeps saying, oh, what else can they do? What else can they do? It's uh, an insult. You, 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 you got two hands and there's and, and I'm not being facetious there's a mortuary and McDonald's mm -hmm. and the reason I bring these two up that's where I worked I worked at a mortuary and McDonald's mm -hmm. I cut the grass at the mortuary and I went to McDonald's I was there at at uh, 15 minutes to 5 and I was flipping burgers doing the egg McMuffins all that stuff <laughs> and everybody was like well, well why are you doing this because I needed some money too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's what you're willing to do. There you and go. everybody keeps saying, oh, no, nah, man. You... Well, I have a friend. His name was Mark Avery. He worked at Burger King. He ended up, he ended up being the potato man for Burger King. Wow. From starting when we were in the 10th grade. Bluetooth disconnected. Bluetooth connected. And then from there, he became a vice president. Then he went to P.F. Chang's, and he's a vice president president at P.F. Chang's. Now he's mm -hmm. retired. Mm -hmm. But my point is, everybody keeps saying there's no what there's no other choice. So you got to take the step first. You got to go somewhere and do something, because you'll be surprised if you take the first step to go do something. Everybody keeps saying they're not gonna hire black people. Well, hey, hire yourself. Mm. Get you a lawnmower. Get you a lawnmower. Kids don't want to do it. And, and, and knock on doors. Right, right. Because I did that. Okay, as did I. But let me push that on that, um, back a little on that one a little bit. I mean, can can a young man today really make a living cutting grass? Like, yes. Yes, that, yes most definitely. Okay, and I'll and, tell you why. I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because in my neighborhood, all day long, I see Hispanics. I was going to say, yeah, the, the, Hispanic, the illegal immigrants kind of got no, that game sold no, up, no. don't they? It's not, a, it's not a sold up game. Yeah, it is. No, yeah. it isn't. They're willing to hustle do, and do go you, get it. You, Nobody else. It, in my neighborhood, I got cousins, brothers, everybody in the neighborhood. Well, let me go cut my uncle's grass. Let me go cut my cousin's grass. And then when I'm out there, oh, Todd's got this little hustle that he's doing. So you need mm -hmm. to hire him. Mm -hmm. The problem is everybody says, oh, I got to have the nice new Nikes. Mm -hmm. as opposed to having 
the Nikes. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. And well, then, we live in a materialistic society as well as a capitalistic society. That not that the reason why they have that attitude? Because of capitalism and materialism? Well, then you need to capitalize your ass over there to get you a job. <laughs> and you need to capitalize your ass over there. Hey, Aunt Pam. Hey, Aunt Pam. Your, your car is dirty. You know, I like to wash your car for $15. Break your leaves. Right. I mean, that sounds good. I, I mean, that's a real good uh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream sort of speech right there. But the reality is that doesn't work. Like, why, does why doesn't it work? work? Why doesn't it work? Okay. Let's, let's you just heard break it compounding? Out. Okay, you heard compounding? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not familiar with compounding. Okay. Well, let's, I want you to one day mm -hmm. take a penny and for 30 days, double compound, double that penny. Right. Okay, but let, let's just four. let's just talk economics real quick. Let's just okay, break that economics because that's real what quick. we're talking about. Yeah. Let, let, okay. Well, let's break it all the way down in, in economics. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go with the state I'm in that I know is California. I'm just okay. going with the cost of living in California. Okay. okay. In in California, in order to just live comfortably, just barely above the poverty line, you got to be making at least fifty thousand a year, fifty k a year. If you're making anything under fifty k a year, you're in poverty in California. So I'm just gonna go with Los Angeles, the city mm -hmm. I'm in. Okay, no, there's no way possible you're gonna make fifty thousand a year cutting grass and washing your aunt's car. Like that's just not gonna happen. Okay, that's just I'm the reality. We're talking about a what, how yeah, old was yeah, this person? Yeah, we're talking, you're talking about, about a kid. fifteen years yeah, old. Yeah, we were talking about. Okay, kids, even even let's just go eighteen. An eighteen year old is gonna need. Let's just go with Georgia. I'll, I'll even break it no, down. No, no, we, we can stay right here stay in with LA. California. <laughs> okay, so you mean to tell me that cutting your aunt's um, um, grass and washing her car, such as you said, you think that's really sustainable enough that any yes. sixteen or you seventeen you do? year old you get, you can get survive you doing get you, that? You, you go and get a dollar fifty. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, matter of fact, you don't need that. Ninety-nine cent store, and you get you a, a piece of paper, mm -hmm. and on the, and the piece of paper in the ninety-nine cent store, you write down that person's address, mm -hmm. and you know what you do? You go knock on the next door, because mm -hmm. somebody sees you out there, and then you keep going. It's called a hustle. I, I totally understand. Keep, keep, I, I understand that, but that does, it doesn't work. That it sounds good. It does, but, but, but why, that doesn't work. Why? Like why doesn't it work? Because I'm just speaking from a guy who I cut grass years ago back in the day, and mm -hmm. yeah, I made a little money. I it was ten dollars a grass. But you said, one, you, you said one guy. Mm -hmm. That's not how you do it. You right. keep going. You keep going. Everybody says, "Well, man, who got okay, time how much to are you do charging? that?" Since we're talking now, how much are you charging to cut the grass? What did you? How much are you charging for your work for back the then? Ten dollars. Yeah. Okay, $10. So you got to cut 10 yards just to make 100 bucks. And? It'll take you all day. It'll take you well over eight hours to cut 10 yards. No, it doesn't. Oh, man, it depends on how big the yard is. That's exactly right. Darius, what are your thoughts on this, man? The economic aspect of this. Okay. Do you really think that's sustainable? So you're talking to a guy that grew up on a farm. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's going to be hard. You're going to be hard-pressed to try to convince me that selling drugs is your only option, right? Mm-hmm. I picked watermelons, sold watermelons, I cropped tobacco, mm -hmm. okay? I picked beans, greens, <laughs> potatoes. I I've done it all, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And brought my own school clothes, mm -hmm. okay, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. didn't, selling drugs didn't even cross my mind. Wasn't even a thought to me. Mm -hmm. Granted, I grew up in rural South Carolina, so you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it was a big drug market mm -hmm. then. But what I'm saying is if you have the desire, if you have the ingenuity and you have the drive, you can make it, you can make things happen for yourself outside of the criminal aspect or out, away from the criminal environment, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's, let's, let's get rid of all of that. Let's get rid of that argument, right? 
And let's say you take the choice that you made to sell drugs and you get arrested and you go to jail, okay? Mm -hmm. Is that racist? Because you made that decision. Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh, well, I didn't have any other options. But you shot down every one of Todd's options. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything that he came up with, you counted it with, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, I can't really get the kind of sneakers I want. Or, I don't make enough money doing that. And right. what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying you, Michael, personally, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that that attitude, that mentality mm-hmm. is the source of the problem in the black community. Because... Blacks are not black. A lot of young black people aren't willing to go to McDonald's and make egg muffins at five o'clock in the morning like Todd did. A lot of black people would they would curse me out if I said, hey, come with me and get these watermelons out of the field. You yeah, feel I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, They would curse me out. So what I'm saying is so when you make those choices and you get locked up and then you turn around and say, oh, it's cyclical. Oh, we, it's systematic racism. That's bull crap. You made that choice. You decided that I would rather sell drugs because it's easier, it's cooler, the money's faster, mm-hmm. and it's more. Just, mm-hmm. just let's just be honest. That's why it's not because you didn't have any other opportunities. It's because this was an easier way. Yeah, but what's wrong with wanting the money faster and quicker? What's wrong with that? What? Yeah, of course I want more money and I want it faster. I don't want to spend eight hours sweating to make ten dollars. Okay. Like I don't. So what's okay. wrong with it is you end up in jail. That's what's wrong. With and, it. and that's the system. <laughs> Fair enough. It, you do end, you up, end in jail up going that. to jail. But the system's designed that way. The system it's is. Not Designed for all way. these young, let's just call them what they are, young black men and women from the ghetto. The system goes, hey, you guys have no money, no resources whatsoever. So you got to basically go pick that cotton or else you're going to go to jail. That's kind of what it boils down to. We got to take these entry level a, jobs or we go to jail. Why is that our I'm only two options? Entry level. Yeah. So what it's would, a stepping so, stone. So what would be it's the, not meant the, that, the proper level? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not that you're supposed to do that always. Mm-hmm. It's not like your your career is to make Egg McMuffins for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's not like your career is to p- pick watermelon crop tobacco. That's not what I'm doing now. What's That's the, what I did then. What's the mayor of Chicago's uh, name? He used to work for Obama. Um, Rahm Emanuel. The current you one know, is Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot. You know why he doesn't have a tip on his finger? Mm. He was working at Hardee's. Mm. He worked at Hardee's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everybody keeps saying, well, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Well, you don't want to do nothing, right? Then. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I'm. I'm well, I'm, I, I, I'm the door hanging kid. I, hey. Yeah, I, I won the, the contests, uh, uh, so I was upset because I was uh, world's finest chocolate, the richest tasting I chocolate you've ever tasted. I remember selling those. <laughs> but, but I, but, but I had a whole world's finest chocolate, richest tasting chocolate you've ever tasted. But you have mm-hmm. to buy one to taste it. You want to buy two? <laughs> but my point is, mm-hmm. I was selling them. Mm-hmm. For a dollar, they were only fifty cents. <laughs> so, but and but you gotta, but gotta my, keep my, 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 mm-hmm. But my point is, you mm-hmm. like, oh, kids don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then, then go to jail. Then go to jail. <laughs> yeah, but that should. It's in my personal opinion. I don't think that should be the the scenario. Okay, I don't so think it's either, either go 18, pick cotton or 18, go to jail. I don't think 18, that is that's at eighteen. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you know that I'm gonna hire you? Well, first of all, fifty thousand a year to pay you fifty thousand. What am I gonna? What what job am I gonna give you, eighteen year old that hasn't done anything, that don't know how to work, don't know how to look, be on time, have fun, or whatever you're doing? No skills. No. Yeah. What what what? You have to have some type of skill. That's why you go to school. Mm -hmm. And then those that don't want to go to school, you gotta get a different kind of hustle. Right. Well, let's talk about school. Good segue into the next topic. Let's talk about uh, and and going to school. 
Okay, it's understood that you need a college degree at this point in order to make a decent living in this country. Do you guys agree with that? You need no, you I need some not. sort of education. You do need you some, need, sort, yeah, of some sort of education. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of education. Okay, maybe not a college degree, okay, fair, fair enough. enough. Okay. But you need some sort of education in order to be financially stable in this mm-hmm, country. Correct. Okay, so why is it that the Republicans don't want education to be free? If you need that education in order to put food in your stomach, you should be able to get that education for free. Why is it that the Republicans, Darius, Mr. Republican on the panel, <laughs> panel, why do you guys not want education in America to be free? Um, are teachers, are the professors going to go there and not require a payment? They could be subsidized by the government. I'm just asking you, though. Are no, they they're going to want to be compensated. So they're going to want to be compensated. Yeah, they could be subsidized. So are the buildings that they're going to go to, are the landlords going to are, are, are gonna say you don't have to pay rent that could be subsidized as well what about the lights the gas all that could be government okay so so my point is and you to saying that to you is it's not free so you're saying it's free but it's not free because all this stuff costs money and guess where the money's coming from it's coming from the taxpayers right Mm -hmm. so it's not free and I, i hate when they keep saying oh education should be free no it's not free anything worth having is worth working for so if you say, I'm going to make college education free, in essence, what you've done is you've come up with a 16-year-old high, a 16-year high school diploma because it's not going to hold any value if it's given to you. If you don't have to work for it, if you don't have to pay for it, it has no value or it has less value than what it has now. Mm-hmm. So I think anything worth having is worth working for and you're going to take it seriously and you're going to put forth the effort to to grasp everything that you can gain from that experience. Mm-hmm. The answer is not the government paying for everything or subsidizing everything because what happens is it creates, which we, you see in any government program, it creates dependency. So if you from the age of uh, preschool, four years old, all the way up to 23, 24, however long it takes you to get your college degree, the government has always taken care of you you are not going to survive once you have that degree because now you're looking for the next subsidy to keep me going. That's mm-hmm. just my opinion. Uh, will there be a few people that make it? Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. But the majority of people will not value that just as any government uh, subsidy that's been granted. All it does is create more dependency. So you get you're, this, now you're looking for the next thing and the next and the next. Right, so you're obviously against it. Todd, are you against free education or should we be paying the way we are now? Well, we should not be paying the way we are now, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should, quote unquote, be free. Now, in the city of Pasadena, my understanding, I could be wrong on this, but because I, I need you caught me on something I'm not really familiar with. Mm-hmm. But if you go to this Pasadena High School, Blair, Marshall, one of the high schools in Pasadena, it's my understanding when you graduate, you can go to Pasadena City College and you can get your AA degree. Mm-hmm. But once you have your AA degree and you maintain a B average, it's my understanding, I could be wrong, and I want somebody to, you know, come back to you to give me the real deal. Mm-hmm. You could go to Cal State LA and basically it's free. But you still gotta pay for books. So uh I'm sure there's a way based upon your income where it can quote unquote be free. Okay, Pell grants, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But to just arbitrarily just say it should be free. So are we gonna, cause here's what's gonna happen. Cause it already kind of happened. In New York City, 
they were talking about, well, we're going to have these uh, charter schools and it's going to be minority owned and they're going to look at the grades. Mm -hmm. Well, when it was minority owned and looked at grades, all these Asian kids were getting the opportunity because they put the work in. I don't know what black people are, we're, what we're not doing correctly to be able to put ourselves in a position to win. So, mm -hmm. well, let me, let me ask this question. They're immigrants. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were slaves or whatever, but we, we're at a new stage now. Mm -hmm. So what's the, why are we going to use the excuse now? Because mm -hmm. agents came over, didn't speak the language, didn't know anybody, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, black folks are, are slaves. Mm -hmm. They were slaves. Mm -hmm. But the Asian community somehow, some way, educationally, because if you go to UCLA, if you're not looking at the football team or the basketball <laughs> team, you swear you in Asia. Yes, I, I do agree with that. And, and that's another thing that bothers me in somewhat. Um, in America, for some reason, we tend to take in people from other countries, we educate them, and then we send them back to their country to compete against us. And to me, that's an issue right there. We're not educating our own citizens. We're educating other citizens far more than ours. And I'm using an example of the Olympics right now. I don't know if you've been following the Winter Olympics. There's a young woman who was born and raised right here in America, mm -hmm. but competed for China. For China right. She was a, a Chinese-American woman. We educated her. We made her the great human, the great uh, Olympic athlete that she is here in America. But she went and won the gold medal for China, competed against us. Mm -hmm. I think that's a problem. Do you guys not see a problem there? Do you think I don't. Why, why do you not see that because as a problem? Because there's all kind of athletes that come from all over so the world. So you think world. we should continue educating others more than we educate our own, own citizens? Well, well, it, uh, is she helping that university to win? She was honored a scholarship? I, see, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the, the, So if, if she's here, she's probably playing out of state or uh, right. out of the country uh, tuition. tuition. Mm -hmm. So she's paying. Darius, you don't see a problem with that we continue to educate people and then they go compete against us? You don't see a problem with that? Um, not really, but I, if, if you're, are you speaking about like the, in terms of the K-1 visas? I'm talking overall, in general. Overall, overall okay. yeah, in general. I think the K-1 visa program would mm -hmm. help uh, eliminate a lot of that because what it would do is allow, once you're educated in a certain field, you could be hired by American corporations and stay here, you know, mm -hmm. based on that, okay? But, um, I believe in capitalism. I believe mm -hmm. that the ins the uh, institutions of higher learning are businesses. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wants to send their kid from China to come here to go to school at the University of Georgia, mm -hmm. they should be entitled to that. Somebody's I don't see paying. a problem with it, right? As long as they're paying full boat mm -hmm. and the American citizens aren't subsidizing it, then yeah, hey, go ahead and do that. Now, does and this then... bother you? Because this extremely bothers me. Does this bother you guys that they're far more... African-American and black and brown men and women mm -hmm. in the criminal justice system that are in the college system in right. America. Right. Does, is that not an issue to you guys? Do you not yes, see that, that as a problem? Yeah, okay, that, that isn't that me. an example of systemic racism right there? Isn't that systemic racism? Is Why it, that is? Is it racism or is it the daddy didn't decide to stay with the family? <laughs> well, the, the father, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I hear that a lot, that in the black community, the father's not in the home. That's a big Republican talking point, mm -hmm. that that's the problem in the black community, the father's not in the home. True, the father's not in the home because he's in prison or he's caught up in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be a father when you got a 10-year prison being under your belt. So once again, that's all part of the systemic racism in the system. Now, well, is it the system or is it black people? It's the system. We didn't design the system. 
It's okay, the culture. So, so, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, that's a, that's the better it's phrase. The it's, it's the, the culture. culture. Is, the, is the black culture. We're not going to stay with the family. I mean. But for 207, for many years in this country, the black family was broken apart by the government. It was sanctioned to tear them apart. So it's laughable to me when I hear people say, well, why can't the black family stay together? Well, because for 200 years, you tore us apart. Mm. And now you can't understand why we can't stay together. Go ahead, Darius. Um, I'm going to start off by saying this first. <laughs> you are a proud supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. Absolutely. They're against, they're against the nuclear family. I correct? disagree with that. I hear that all the time, but I don't it's I've in never their, read it's that. In their, uh, it's in there. Uh, that's what I hear. I haven't read that. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'll go back to this, right? FDR, New Deal. Mm -hmm. Democrats came in and told black people, we're going to give you welfare. We're going to give you Section 8 housing. Live in the projects. Um, we're going to give you checks for each kid that you have. Mm -hmm. All right. And the father can't be in the father home. cannot be in the home. Yes. That's horrible. I don't, I only need to even say anything else right there. That's the beginning of the end. I agree. The beginning yeah, of the but degradation. FDR, but there was no, another me, thing that, that FDR left out. Mm -hmm. All these guys came back and they were able to purchase homes mm -hmm. when black folks, they weren't, allowed to get yeah, that red line I get that but I'm still saying that was the beginning of the degradation but that's a big thing if you're not owning a home yeah that's, that's, that's how you create wealth yeah that's how you create generational wealth it creates, home ownership. it creates wealth but you just because you can't actually own a home the way or have the way to own a home the way they did doesn't mean that the opportunities weren't there too it may have been harder I, that's totally that's I, 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 I disagree that, with that. Well, you can you yeah, can listen yeah. it may have been harder but don't tell me that every black person that owned a home back then did it because they came back and they were eligible for that program there's some black people their whole total black neighborhoods that were created in the 50s Okay, and these were all people who purchased their own homes. It wasn't because there was a government program. Yeah, but, but let me. But in the fifties, they were redlining. They were well, redlining. They were, the but what I'm saying is they certain areas. In, and then you, there are certain. But banks it doesn't you mean that you. To. That's was, true, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't own a home. Was it harder? Absolutely. Was there was it fair? no banks that they could. Yeah, go there was no to. bank they could get the loan from. And, and you're in the military, guys. I live in Atlanta. I could take you to certain neighborhoods that were all black, and they were all homes, row houses owned by black people back in the fifties. You're changing what I was talking about. I was saying the military gentlemen that were coming back. Yeah, that's back, what I'm saying. I agree with you. Okay. They could, right. But that wasn't for everybody is what no, I'm saying. No, but it wasn't supposed to be for everybody. But it was let me, for let the me, military people so they create I, wealth. I get so that, that, but that's not the black community as a whole is what right, I'm saying. Fair enough. Right. Okay, okay so, let, me, let me push back can, on this real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off, my brother. Go ahead, go ahead man. When you say... um. It's going to be harder. You said that. You it'll say, be hard. Yeah, it'll be yeah, harder. Right. That, that always makes my blood boil when I hear that in re reference to be. black people. They always go, Michael, you can do it. You just got to work harder. Right. Black it people, you can see. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Why do I got to work harder? Like, I want to work just as I'm, equal I'm, as this guy. It's like telling me, me and this white guy are going to run the 100-yard dash and we're racing, and I, but I got to hold a 10-pound weight in my hand. And they're going, Michael, you can beat him, but you just got to run a little faster. It's like, no, I don't want to run faster. I want to run equal to this person. I, and you're so why right. do we accept the fact that we got to work harder? Like, to me, I, that's, that's some bullshit. Okay, and you're right. It is. <laughs> but what's the alternative? <laughs> is the alternative to go and sell drugs? Is the alternative silly, to join? Is the alternative? Let me let me finish this though. <laughs> is the alternative because what you're saying is right, okay? <laughs> but what is the what was the alternative then? Now that's not the case as much now as it was then. But is the alternative to do to engage in criminal activity and go to jail? Is the alternative to go out on the streets and abandon your family? 
what is the alternative? So the only alternative is to work harder if that's really what you want. The only alternative is to go out there and try to make things happen if that's what you really believe. No, the alternative is, is to make be... it an even playing field. That's well, the alternative. It'll make never. Them, it'll let me never... put the weight down. Let me race this guy without holding the weight. I that's agree. the alternative. No, but that's not. That wasn't happening then. So what I'm saying. That's to a you problem. Is, that's it is a problem. problem. That's it is a, a problem. problem. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying to you is, it's not impossible. You see what I'm saying? Fair so enough. the black fathers not being in the home mm -hmm. is what created that. And the reason why that was created was because of good will, uh, good intentioned liberals that say, hey, I'm going to help you guys out. And that's what created that situation. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. I, I, there's, there's one thing you mentioned it. You were going to talk about it, but we moved on. Mm -hmm. In Oklahoma, they blew up a whole town of black folks that were bankers and created their own. Yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, and Florida. Yeah, they've done it in several states. But you're referring to the Tulsa, Oklahoma riots. Yeah, the Black Wall Street. It was called Black Wall Street. Yes. We live in Southern California. We got. We just drove through Armenia Town, Little Tokyo. Is there an African American town? Exactly. Exactly. Have we created an environment where? When you go to Little Tokyo, there's several banks, mm -hmm. different banks. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. here we have Broadway Federal, One United, mm -hmm. but I don't see that as many banks as I do in Little Korea. Oh, without a doubt. And to so, that point, there's so a bank. We, we oh, have so. to create, and, and we <laughs> we got to keep doing it, got to create this these opportunities. In Atlanta, it may be different. Right. But in L.A., we, we got to do it. And we can't see saying that the athlete has to help us. We, we got to help ourselves. The other thing that, that's a little different and back in the 50s and early 60s is black folks, they got to work on their credit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you talked mm -hmm. about that. Oh, yeah, you talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. yeah, let me let me say this in regards <clears throat> to the banking situation. You're right. African, we don't have a lot. There aren't enough opportunities, black banks in our community. Now, let me... Fast forward that to in our community, what we do see in any city you go to in our community, there's a lot of liquor stores. Do you guys agree on that? There's a lot of liquor stores in the black community. Right. Historically, cash. it's always been that way. A liquor store, check casting places. Right. <laughs> Those are the two um, um, black eyes, I would call them, in our community. Okay. Well, let me address that real quick. The reason there are so many liquor, and the liquor stores are normally owned by the Korean community. Is that, you guys agree on that? It's normally in it, Asia. Depending what part of the country you're in. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part. Yeah, okay. yeah for the, the most part. In the urban, yeah, yeah, in the, the Asian. Right, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That was a, a strategy by the Ronald Reagan administration back in the day to allow a lot of Koreans to come in, Asians to come into the United States. They sanctioned a bank called Hamni Bank. You guys look that bank up. H-A-M-N-I. There's one on Wilshire Boulevard. Hamni mm -hmm. Bank. Ronald Reagan sanctioned that bank to come open up in the United States with the rule that you, that bank can only lend to Asians who are going to open liquor stores in the black community. Meaning any Asian can come from North Korea, China, Japan, wherever they want to come from, go to that bank and get a business loan as long as they were using that money to go open a liquor store in the black community. Okay, so it was government sanctioned. So when we say we need more black banks in our community, we need the government to sanction a black bank in our community so that we can open businesses in our community. Where are we going to get the money from to start a small business in our community, Darius? Um, I'm not really that familiar with that program, so... Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you for educating me on that. I read up on it. I don't mm -hmm. want to comment on it because I don't, I don't know anything about it. Okay, but comment on but I'll, we, I'll how comment we start on, business. Right. Okay, so this is what happened. 
during segregation, right? During the Jim Crow era, mm-hmm. okay? And I think you and I have had this conversation before. What black people uh, were fighting for was a little bit skewed in a way because they were fighting for equal rights. And I'm not saying that there should not be equal rights. Please, nobody get me wrong. Let me finish my thought. I'm glad you <laughs> don't said jump, that. Yeah, don't, you jump know, on, uh, don't jump on me. <laughs> the, way to, the way to achieve equal rights would have been through just what worked at the, at the Montgomery bus got, uh, bus, bus, bus boycott. boycott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what worked there was economic pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, when there weren't mm-hmm. anybody riding the buses. Fair enough. Now imagine for a second, if black people said, you know what, I can't eat at this lunch counter, fine. I'm gonna eat at the black restaurant. And everybody went to the black restaurants. And they said, oh, I can't come to your store. Guess what, we'll go to, we'll start our own store. We'll go to the black stores. We'll go to the black movie theaters. Um, Oh, I can't go to your school. Okay, so we'll go to black schools. Imagine if that would have happened then you'd have economic empowerment, which is what happened with the Asians, which is what happened with the Italians, which is what happened with a lot. They didn't create these things because they said, um, oh yeah, we need to have our own. Mm -hmm. They created them because they were shunned by the whites. Remember the Italians were considered in words, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The, the the Polish, all these immigrants were despised by white Americans when they came here. Mm-hmm. And they became self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So black people, we didn't do that. And if you look at the schools, if we would have said, okay, I don't want my kid to go to University of Alabama, we're gonna send our kids to Tuskegee. We're gonna send our kids to Alabama State or Alcorn State or whatever. If you look at college football right now, like I said before, nobody would be watching USC versus uh, uh, Oregon. Everybody would be, because all of the top athletes right now, and I'm not being racist, but all the top football athletes and basketball athletes are black. Mm -hmm. So nobody want to watch on ESPN, USC. We're going to be watching um, Grambling versus Howard. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All the contracts, all the all the endorsements, all of the sponsorships, all of the huge stadiums would go to the HBCUs. All of the money would go to black-owned banks mm-hmm. because we're self-sufficient at that point. We're building economic value and freedom. We're not looking for a handout saying, oh, please let us give our money to your bank. No, we got our own bank. Oh, please let me go to your school. Oh, no, we have our own schools. Right. You, you see cited, what I'm saying? Yeah, you cited... Um the bus boycott and with Martin Luther King and Rosa right. Parks and all those guys right. did. But you got to keep in mind, there was a lot of bloodshed back then too. It wasn't it was. just so it's, it's simple. Oh, it's just, Hey, we're right. just going to not do business with you white people. There's okay. a lot of bloodshed. A lot of carnage went on with that. It was. Um, Todd, what do you say? Think about this. Do you think right now in America, and this is just my opinion. I just want to hear your thought on it. I think the answer to this is sovereignty for African-Americans. I think black people, there's 45 million of us here in the United States of America. I think we need sovereignty. Sovereignty meaning we need our own land to govern ourselves in our own country. That's what Martin Luther King was fighting for in 1968, right before he died. When you hear Martin Luther King, you always hear, I have a dream. The I have a dream speech was in 1963. Mm-hmm. He died in 1968. He had switched his way of thinking from 63 to 68. By the time of 68, he wanted sovereignty. He wanted nothing else to do with the United States of America. He wanted us to have our own land and our own country and govern ourselves. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if that's the fact of what you just said, Michael. I, 
I don't know what speech or you heard that from, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah, you need to send that to me. I'll definitely send it to you. I, I I don't remember him saying anything like he wanted to have his own country. I mean, there were some other guys that wanted us to go back to Africa. But, Garvey. Yeah, but I don't recall Dr. King saying Yes, he that. did. He spoke. He sp and I'll send you the, the speech. Yeah, he spoke he, of that. Okay. He spoke of inequities in, the, in our community. He spoke mm -hmm. how the United States government had given land to other nationalities when they came, but they were not giving land to us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he did. He spoke of that. in 19, He did a speech mm -hmm. in 1968 right prior to his death where he talked about that. So, yeah, he had definitely switched from I have a dream that we can come together, little black boy, little white boy. He wasn't on that when he died. He was on that in 1963 for sure. Okay. But by the time 1966, 7, 8 rolled around, he wasn't on that page anymore. Okay. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. So, so do you believe, do you am think. Am I going to live in North Dakota? Well, do, <laughs> you live wherever you want. But <laughs> no, you, you just, no, it's not wherever you want it. We're going to have our own. Have our own land. Oh, so where, where would land? that land be? That's would be the question. Where okay. would that land be? That That's the million dollar question. Well, first of all, they're never going to give it to us. Let's just start by saying that. The American government will never give sovereignty to the 45 million of us here in this country. But if we did get sovereignty, I would say we deserve at least the south um, southeast portion of the country. Where our ancestors slaved and picked cotton for many years. So if it were up to me, I would say give these 45 million blacks, give them Florida, Louisiana, Texas, and Georgia. Give them those four states and let them govern themselves on, that, on those states. I know it's a pipe dream and it'll never happen. <laughs> I do idea. know that. Radical but I think idea, that's the only solution to the problem. Like, why do we have to continue to be governed by someone who hates us? We don't. What is the, what is the solution? What is the, the option? Economics. Meaning, meaning, mm -hmm. creating your own bank, creating your own on place. their land. Though this is still their country, they can but, shut us down like they did Wall, like they did Black Wall Street. But they, but things have changed. You if self have they really? Yeah, they have big time. Yeah, big time. We we have black billionaires. <laughs> the NBA used to have the two man rule, mm -hmm. and then the Jewish guy who was with the Boston Celtics decided, you know, I want to win all the games. I don't want to just win some of them. So I'm going to get, you know, five black guys, even mm -hmm. though they are not the first team, Philadelphia 76ers, they were, and then they broke that team up. They won the championship and broke the team up, but that's a whole other mm -hmm. story. But the Celtics, what they did is they became self-sufficient. And mm -hmm. when I say they became self-sufficient, they had the same guys over and over and over again and they just consistently win. We have to do that for ourselves. We've been talking. Every time you have a conversation with somebody, it's always like our schools are messed up. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have uh, food. We have food deserts. Our community is messed up. Everybody's always talking about something is messed up. Well, I know an area where there's a whole lot of black people out there in Calabasas. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of people. School's not messed up. They got money. And their kids are getting a good education. So there are some changes in Virginia. What's that what's that area in, in, in Georgia where they got the racist guy up on the wall? Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain. They got black <laughs> people up there. But my point is, mm -hmm. is black people keep talking about our family and everything. We need to start going back economics well uh, that, that's, the, that's the that's the level playing field is economics okay Darius, what's wrong with the idea of us governing ourselves what's wrong with that idea do, do you reject that idea now i do totally reject it when you if say this now. idea would have come about like i said during jim crow era or mm -hmm. whatever um that might have been more feasible because what it would have done is it would have uh created a situation where they would have had to come knocking on our door to do business with us mm-hmm 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now it's not that way mm-hmm. because we've gone past that. So now the true way to freedom is we have to work within the system that's here, which means we have to assimilate. Why do we have to work within the system and not have our own system? Why are you against us having our own system? Because you're telling us to work with the system they designed, which has normally been historically oppressive to us. You're saying work within it's that. Not a, it's not oppressive. I'm, it's not oppressive to us right now. The system, the system of capitalism and opportunity is available for everybody. So the problem is, it's not true. That's not it's true. It's available at all. for everybody. That's not true at all. Who's that it not available? Not who, who if you have a available? felony in the United States of America, the capitalistic system is exposed to you. Um, and the majority of know, the felons in America are black and I brown know men. People, I know people who have felonies who are multimillionaires. I know people who have felonies are successful business owners. One of my one of my main clients has a felony, and he's worth millions. But you do agree for every one of your clients, there's another hundred black men who have felonies that I are agree. not. I agree totally, okay. but it's not because of the op- the opportunity is not there. It's not because they because they can't because they've been shut but out. But they have hurdles. They do have hurdles. Unnecessary you absolute, hurdles. You absolutely have hurdles. Unnecessary but when you, hurdles. when you make life choices mm-hmm. um, that create those hurdles, it's not the system that did that to you. Oh, it's totally the system no, that did that to No, because the consequences existed before you made the decision. Now, if you made the decision and then they threw these consequences on you afterwards, mm-hmm. you could say that. But if you, if you commit a crime and they tell you, hey, if you commit this crime, you're going to have a felony on your record and you will not be able to get a job with certain companies and you make that decision, that's not the system. <laughs> that's totally you. The system. No, okay. it's when, when you, you say you, you chose that. When you say they... Who is this they you're referring well, to? Who is I'm the just they? talking about the I'm just talking the, about the, the, the government. I'm the, just talking okay, about the, the government. Who, the government historically the, has been what? White men. Absolutely. Okay, so 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 let's just call it with it. So when the white man says uh-huh. that um you guys have to go work minimum wage jobs, BS jobs. Well, nobody's picking, saying that. I mean, that's exactly what they're saying. No, nobody's saying so that. So you want to weigh in on this? Well, I'm kind of disturbed again because <laughs> there's a black woman that had a felony. Mm-hmm. She went to her probation officer. She mm-hmm. asked her probation officer. If she could vote. Yeah. And now she's doing six years in, in jail yeah. behind that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But I'm there were three other white men. Who did the same thing and got probation. Well, no, not mm-hmm. no. They did it even worse because mm-hmm. they signed, one signed his mother's. It was another. his dead wife. One signed his dead wife's yeah. name. Yes. And he got probation. Mm-hmm. So. What Todd is so referring to is unequal, inter- uh, un, un, the unequal criminal justice system, meaning that. the black guy can steal a slice of pizza, he's going to get 25 years. The <laughs> white guy can steal a half a billion dollars and he'll get a year and a day in prison. The unequal criminal justice system is why I say capitalism does not exist for everybody. It does not exist for the sister you're talking about who's got six years in prison. That's capitalism an- doesn't mean an- shit to her. She's going to do a six year bid. That's anecdotal. That's anecdotal. Michael, you're a success. Right. Yes. So, so, and are you? You look black to me. Yes, I am. But I had unnecessary. <laughs> so, I had to jump higher than everyone else. That's, but doesn't matter. Okay, it does matter. That's totally. I'm gonna matters. tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Mm-hmm. Did you have to jump higher than everybody else? Yes, I did. Simply because of your skin color, yes, or because, because of, the color of my life skin. choices, or, because I'm, of the color of my skin. So none of it had to do anything with Nothing, any of your no, choices. It was because of the color of my skin, okay. I had to jump higher than everybody else to okay. be successful. But if you had to jump higher. Was it worth it? Uh, As opposed to to the alternative, is it worth it? I I can't say yes on that one. I can't just just positively say yes. Okay. 
I would say, even if you don't want to say it, I would say it's definitely worth the alternative. Worth now, it if compared you're to the me, alternative. Okay, if I had Would you to, rather be in jail? Would you rather be on Skid Row? Would you, you know what I'm saying? Would you rather be in public housing and welfare? Not, absolutely. Okay, not, absolutely so then it's not, worth it, right? Not. For your quality of life that you have now, as opposed to what it was before. That, but that's a false equivalence. Go ahead, Todd. One of the things that disturbed me is you you just mentioned Skid Row mm -hmm. and people being homeless. Mm -hmm. um, again, I had to go to another state to go see this. But when I drive down to an area of Los Angeles, there's actually a sign that says Skid Row. Mm -hmm. It's a sign that says Skid Row. Mm -hmm. So you've designated an area where the population is more than 80% of African-American people that are on Skid Row. Mm -hmm. Something's amiss there. Mm -hmm. that, that in itself is, is bizarre to me <laughs> because when I go to other places and I see people that are homeless, because I in Orange County was was a shock to me to see all these homeless people in Huntington Beach that happened to be white. But it was all over the place where mm -hmm. in LA, and we have areas, every we have 15 districts in LA. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some homelessness. But in that one specific area, it looks like it's over 4,000 people mm -hmm. just living on the street. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with our society where we can't help these people help themselves because they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. They get incarcerated. They can't get a job. So they go to the street. They do more drugs or whatever. But I want to be able to take care of my brother. I got to figure out a way. Mm -hmm. And so do I get the state of Nevada and... I'm living out in the desert where I got some water. Is that is that your your mindset, Michael? We're gonna get a whole state, and black people just need to be there with black people. No, 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 no. In a sovereign nation, let's just hypothetically hypothetically speak and say my plan came to fruition. Okay, I would give there's 45 million black people in America. That's the, we're 13 percent of the population. Mm -hmm. So I would give us 13 percent of the land. That's how I came up with those four states. That's 13 percent of the land in America. No, we would be an open nation, meaning, yes, it would be a black country, but we would be open to travel. We would be open to everything. So, no, if white people want to come live in our country, fine. No problem. If Latinos, anybody, we're we're open. We're a democracy, mm -hmm. but we're just a democracy that's for us, by us, governed by us. That's it. That's all. We can still fly. We can be under the American flag banner for like Puerto Rico. We could be like that. But I just think similar to what happened after World War II, how the Jews were given Israel, they were given land so they could govern themselves and build. We should have been given that after slavery. After right. slavery, we should have been given our own land and allowed us to heal. Because right. that was a bad scar. We were never allowed to heal from that scar of 400 years of slavery. So that's what I mean when I say um, sovereignty for us in this country. I don't mean segregation and it's just us. I mean just our own land, our own country, and we'll have allies all over of everybody. And Israel, though, had one thing that black folks don't have. They had their that? own banks. They had their mm -hmm. own uh, food distribution and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. We as black people don't have that. Yes, I, so I do that's, agree. that's something that we, the three of us sitting right here, we need to put that out there so somebody can come up with a plan to make this happen. I do agree. Well, I want to switch topics real quick because we only got a few minutes left, and I want to just go into talking about where we are politically in this country right now. Um, we're politically divided. I say it all the time. And within three years, I think we got three years before the next election comes up. And I don't think Joe Biden and I don't think Kamala Harris will win the presidency next time. I love Kamala Harris. I was a surrogate of hers for many years, but I don't think her and Joe Biden are doing a good job right now. 
So let me ask you guys this and just throw it to the panel. I know you're a Trump supporter, Darius, but if Donald Trump doesn't run, which I think and I hope he'll be in jail by the time of the next election so he can't run, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and it looks like he's going to be in jail by the next election, who would you put at the top of the ticket on the Republican Party? Who could be the next president on the Republican side and would do a good job? Other Darius? than Donald Trump? Other than Donald Jailbird, Donald Trump. Uh, I would probably say Ron DeSantis. The governor of Florida, yeah. the current yeah, governor, the governor of Florida. Why, why would you pick Ron DeSantis? Why'd you say that? Um, I think because of the leadership that he displayed during the uh, COVID mm -hmm. situation and um, the policies that he put in place and how he did not. I think Donald Trump set a different standard um, in terms of not cowing, cowing down to the media mm -hmm. or uh, the bureaucracy, the establishment. Mm -hmm. And Ron DeSantis showed himself to be one that was more about freedom, uh, have, giving people a voice, not being a dictator and issuing mandates, mm -hmm. but giving people an opportunity to uh, to practice according, you know, uh, mm -hmm. li their lives and educate their children according to what they saw best mm -hmm. and not being told and handed that down by the government. And keeping the businesses open uh, Florida was one of the most um, prosperous country, uh, states mm -hmm. during the COVID crisis because he opened the economy back up and uh, let people be free to pursue their uh, their 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 businesses and and their their education. Okay, so Ron DeSantis in your book. Okay, yeah, one well, of them. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I want to thank all my um, listeners and all those who are watching me at home. Um, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of A Man's Voice. We hope you enjoyed. Everybody have a good day. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mark. Right, we appreciate Mike. you, my man. Okay, for sure. All right. That was a great episode, guys.